Welcome to Winning Uglier with Brad Gilbert. Hey everybody, Buck here. Got my dad on via Skype. I stayed home, I'm working this event remote, but my dad's been in the bubble for seven days now already, uh, working the Western and Southern Open. You know, now that the U.S. Open draw is out, it came out earlier this morning, recording this as of Thursday afternoon. Just want to get your initial takes on the draw, Dad, and and what you're looking forward to going into the U.S. Open week. Uh, What up, Buck? Yeah, been here a week. USTA has done an amazing job making uh, the bubble pretty safe. Players are kind of grinding along now. Um, One thing that kind of stood out like this week is I felt like we're back in the 90s, much quicker course. So you're going to have to see players make adjustments, the ones that are playing on the outside courts. They're not playing on the stadium, Arthur Ashe and Louis Armstrong, the two feature courts that will be back in play for the Open that look to be, when I've been watching practice, slower. I was going to ask you, they're looking to be slower, but are they still faster than how they were compared to last year? I would say they're about a 13% 13-ish, uh, quicker than last year. But it's not as big of a difference from, from the outside courts. But I would say the outside courts this year to last year are significant. They've been the same courts since 1978 to 2019. They were deco turf. And then the, the speed is based upon how much sand they put in them. So this year... The first time since they moved to hard court, they have a new maker of the court, Lake So it's a different court and less sand, and they definitely did want to make the courts quicker. Yeah, so just to like explain that a little bit more, I mean, the sand makes the court a bit gritty, slows the ball down. If there's less sand, it's that, that feeling of the court being a little bit slicker, and that ball just will skim through a bit faster. But unfortunately, the quick courts, it doesn't matter if it's slow courts, but quick courts. I've been watching Joker the last couple of matches, and even Andy Roddick tweeted me a couple times. He's like, there's just nowhere safe to play that guy. He just shrinks the court, and he actually, on a quicker court, it helps us serve more, and then he can still return. We Some of the big servers have been doing well at Western Southern, but what I've seen from him, you know, there was kind of question marks about his health, and he was nursing a little bit of a neck issue the first day. What I've seen from him this tournament, that he's definitely the player to beat. Even though we don't have the big three here, he's still the big one at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that sort of half answers my first question. But, I mean, this is a, it's pretty crazy. It's the first Grand Slam since 1999. No Fed or Rafa in it since the 99 U.S. Open. So, first time this millennium. We, we don't have a draw with either of those two guys in it. And uh, wow. I was just going to ask, I mean, so Novak still, I mean, obviously big layoff in the middle of the year, but hasn't lost a match yet this year, 21-0, uh, going into the Cincy semis. You know, does does he stay perfect or does a, a, a younger guy, you know, finally break through? We've had Team and Medvedev now get within a set of winning in the last two majors. So is it is it a chance for the young guys to break through or does Novak just keep it rolling? Well, Sitsi Pass is progressing nicely at Western Southern. He, how about he's had to play 6'8 Anderson, 6'10 Isner, and Opelka, who I think could really do some damage here, 
happened to hurt his knee yesterday and had to retire at 5-6. He's looking very good, Sitsi Pass. You know who looked awful here? I was shocked. Dominique Team lost his opening match to Filip Krajanovic, 2-1. And, and you rarely see this. He won two points on his uh, return of serve. So the quicker courts, I do think, are a problem for team on the return. And he's not going to play all of his matches on Ash, and he's not going to play them all on Armstrong. So I do think he's vulnerable. I I think that, you know, there's, you know, Medvedev is on the bottom half of the draw. I think that uh, I was surprised that he lost to Batista Agu yesterday, but I think he's in a good section of the draw. I hope that we get one of the guys under, you know, 23 in the semis. And I think that we might have one of them, you know, make a deep run. It'd be nice to see for sure. I mean, and I guess the team doesn't technically fall into that category as he's he's already about 26. I mean, he he, just, he played so much over the summer too. all the all the exhibitions. It was it's like 28 matches. So. Yeah, he looked tired, Buck. You know, yeah. you know, because a lot of guys, Medvedev hadn't played anything, and team played a bunch on clay. He even played on grass. But I was shocked at his performance, and he's going to need to re- really pick his game up. It's been a consistent is- issue for him throughout his career is just overplaying the schedule, and even sort of same here, overplaying the exos. And I actually wanted to get into so team number two seed. And the number two seed on the women's side, Sophia Kennan, who just won the Aussie Open, she got bounced in her first match at the West, Western and Southern as well. So, you know, I, I want to shift to the women's draw a little bit. Obviously, I think biggest question on everyone's mind is, can Serena get over the hump? You know, this, especially this year with, you know, no Halep, no Barty, no Andrescu. Is this her best opportunity that she's going to have left in her career to get that number 24? And uh, also, you know, what are your thoughts on Kennan as well? Well, Serena, I believe that every match that she's played from Lexington to to Western and Southern, she's played three sets. And she served for the match against Sakari um, and wasn't able to close her out. And then really surprisingly, in a night match, you know, in the third set, she cramped up and she was absolutely out of gas. She's in Sakari's section. Pliskova, who is the number one seed, lost first round. I, I look through the draw, and obviously there's a lot more women missing in the draw than the men's. You know, you have six of the top ten missing. So I, I was a bit surprised that Pliskova on the quicker courts went out first round. I, I said it about four or five days ago, and I'll stick to it. There's easily right now that there's 30 women that can win this tournament. And I think it's a matter of maybe somebody getting hot and you go, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And Kenan, I think, when she won in Australia, she was really under the radar. You know, she had never really had a big run in a major. Her ranking had progressed nicely, but she didn't really see that coming. Now the expectation that, okay, can she, you know, do it again? So I think all of a sudden that pressure is a, is a difference maker. And somebody to keep an eye on that's in her section in the third round is Onis Jabur from Tunisia, the 22nd seed. 
very crafty game. And if they play potentially third round, I could easily see upset alert. Joe Conta is another player that's playing really well in the Western Southern. She had an awful year. She was three and five, lost early in Lexington, but all of a sudden she's hot. But you, you wonder too if some of the players that all of a sudden play really well in Western or Southern, how will they do on the turnaround? I I do think. Yeah, let me just stop you for a second to you know for maybe people that haven't been following this week. I mean, normally there's a week, a full week off between. Uh, Cincinnati and the U.S. Open. So even if you you know do well in Cincinnati, you got plenty of time to regroup. This year with the with the double bubble situation, now there's only going to be one you know potentially one day between the finals of of Western and Southern and playing your first match at the U.S. Open. So it becomes becomes a big factor I think this year. And and if the players that have made the deep run, Djokovic, Tsitsipas, uh, Osaka, RBA, Conta, if if they can then you know regroup quickly to play well at the Open. Well, we were supposed to finish the tournament on Friday, and Naomi Osaka decided to not play her match and protest and had a beautiful little statement about it. I, I commend her for her, you, you know, just it's a beautiful thing to use a platform and make a statement. And, and she decided to pull out of the tournament, but since they canceled the – the entire day of play, she will play tomorrow. And so now the turn... Yeah, mass, massive, massive props to her for doing that. And I feel like, you know, because she made that statement and she said she wasn't going to play, then I think that put the onus on the tournament to kick it into gear on the USTA, on the ATP and to WTA and being like, okay, we need to, you know, show unity here. So really, really good on for, for Naomi. And I'm glad that she does now um, get to play that semi after yeah, all so- instead. Now we're looking at a Saturday finish. So obviously it's a quick turnaround. And I do think the quick courts really benefit Osaka. So I would probably say that she, if I got to say who's the favorite, it's Osaka. But if you want to look at like, uh oh, and, and look at one little section of the women's draw that really sticks out, Osaka seated fourth in the same section. Is Svetostova seated 31, but Svetostova plays. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, plays golf first round. I know and, that's and, a that's a tricky popcorn first round. And so potentially golf and Osaka could play third round. So that like that would be like you know yeah because she just got her in Australia. It'd be a big mistake for Coco to look ahead to Osaka. I mean. You know, Sevastova is someone that she's she's played great in New York. She's made the semis, I think, a couple other quarters. So, you know, she plays better there than anywhere else. So, obviously, that's the only place Coco should be looking initially. Yeah, and obviously, that's a tough first round. But I, I would say that she is still the favorite. And I'm going to say you're going to probably have somebody unseated make the semis. And I would not be surprised if somebody, even out of the top 25 or top 30 makes the final. I do think that like with the women's game, there's so much closer between 50 and one than there is in the men's at the moment. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the top seeds go out early. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we had somebody you went, I didn't see that coming makes a deep run. 
Uh, I'm hoping that an American at least makes the semis, you know, rooting for something like that. And how- Yeah, because I, well, I, I was going to say, I mean, you got, I think it's, uh, it's Serena, Anasimova, Keys, and Sloan are all in the same I quarter of the draw. That. That is just, that's a stacked American section. And I just, you know, I like, you know, normally you can really prognosticate the draw, but like this one is just really tricky for me to like all of a sudden, you know, so, okay, how, how am I going to like, who am I got as my dark horse, who I got winning it. I'll, I'll say it's nice to see Kim Kleiser's, you know, playing. It'll be interesting to see how she does. I, Kim Kleiser's not, not, not to mention a- Andy Murray playing his first grand slam since, uh, Australia 2019 as well. Yeah, and he looked decent. He won a couple of matches. And one guy that I was kind of hoping on the pandemic that, like, okay, maybe he would have fixed his serving woes. Wow, it, it certainly di- didn't didn't get fixed was uh, Zverev. When Zverev lost to Murray at closing time, served for the match, he had four consecutive double faults between – Two, two to lose his serve, serving for the match, and then two to start the, the game at 5-6. Four straight doubles, double-figure double falls, and he plays Kevin Anderson. So he's on upset alert first round. So I, I, I do feel that's the one thing that I've been watching a lot in practice in Western and Southern is if some players made some changes when they've had this time, you know, to, to make changes in their game. But I do still think deep down that we're going to get some unpredictability much more in the women's than the men's. But I do think we'll get one surprise semifinalist in the men's. Yeah, I thought it's interesting. A couple of players that have, that have shown that they they play well early in the year with, with big off seasons, uh, RBA, uh, Roberto Batista Gu, and Elise Mertens, really good players usually in January down under. And they kind of both are playing really well this week with with an even longer layoff. So it's interesting that I think some of the players that are good at managing that offseason time to work on their game are sort of repeating that here like they would in Australia. Well, let's start with, I like to call her Mertens Burtons. I mean, since Burtons is here, is not here, Mertens has got to carry the load for the two of them. <laughs> and how about how yeah. how quickly did she adjust? Just a couple of weeks ago, she was playing in the finals in Prague on clay. Now she's in the semis of the Western Open. And and just the one thing that you worry about, you know, how was physically, you know, on the quick turnaround. But Right. It's the turnaround question. Yeah, yeah. But I like the way that she's been playing here. And I do think the quicker courts help her. Um, and, and she's somebody that's capable of making a deep run. I, I keep coming back to on the women's side, there's so many that are capable of making a deep run. And you just wonder who that one is going to be to get hot. Robbie Batts, I've said all week here this week, he's one of those guys that you say, talk about somebody being on the radar. And you go, oh, he's in the oh, he's in the semis. You you kind of always forget that he's in it, and he has kind of an unSpanish game. He plays incredibly flat, but he's so accurate. And I saw a stat yesterday that was incredible. For a guy that doesn't have a very big serve, 85% of the balls that he hits after his serve are a first ball forehand. 
So talk about a guy that can go from alley to alley and make that first ball a forehand. And then, like, he rarely misses, you know, just regulation forehands. And so he's a tough out, and he's somebody I like where he is in the draw. He's in team's section of the draw. And I'm going to say team is not going to make a deep run here based upon what I saw. So I do think it's an opportunity. Batista Agu is the eighth seed in team's section where he's the second seed. And one other player, I think... Tough third round, though, actually, between maybe RBA and, and Raonic. That's exactly the matchup I was going to point to. Raonic yeah, is bombing his matchup, serve here. Potentially. And I think the winner of that match, if they play in the third round, uh, is going to get to the semis. That's where, and especially Raonic... Semis or maybe maybe even a final. I mean, it's only Medvedev's the three seed on that side of the draw, so who knows? It, it's amazing that you say that because you're so used to, to Fed and Rafa. And that's why I think this tournament, you know, especially not one of the big three on the bottom half of the draw, a lot of guys are going to feel like, you know what? I think I got an opportunity. And another guy that maybe to keep your eye on, you know, he's seated 10 and you look up and go, wow, he's seated 10 Rublev. Uh, I mean, he's somebody I think that on the, on the quick courts can bomb the ball. So I, I'm I'm thinking that he's potential for making a deep run as well. Yeah, Rublev started off the year winning back-to-back titles. That was the first time I think anybody had done that in like 15 years. So obviously, yeah, he he crushes the ball. He he's he actually sometimes like scares me to watch him a little bit, like because he just throws himself so much into every shot, and I'm like, and yet he's got this kind of pretty skinny, frail frame. But yeah, the guy absolutely ropes the ball. But I want to circle back to the American men. And uh, just want to get your take on who you think out of uh, our group of American men has got the best shot to make a run. Well, our highest ranked guy, John Isner, at seed at 16, he wishes he was on the bottom half of the draw. Yeah. And he's in Joker's round of 16, potentially. So I think that's a rough matchup for him. But these quicker courts help him. The, the guy that I'm most intrigued about is Riley Opelka. I, I do believe that um, he can be a top three player in the world, and he can, he will, he has a chance to be our first American to win a slam since Andy Roddick. He was progressing nicely in Western and Southern, but then he had to retire yesterday at five six with the knee issue, and he was, I believe, the first player not to be seated. Plays go fan first round, and if the knee is okay, that's a tricky matchup, and. Uh, I would call that a popcorn match. Somebody that I also think on these quicker courts will will help his game. And he's improved a lot during the pandemic. He's bombing his serve is Taylor Fritz. I'm impressed that, that he's improved his serve and he's, He's never going to be a gazelle, but he, he's improved that. I, I think... Yeah, it could maybe if, if, this, if the seeds hold up, you could have a Fritz Shapovalov third round, which could be a good one. Yeah, so... Let's say this. I'm hopeful on the men's side that we get somebody in the quarterfinal. Yeah, I'll, I'll have I'll, I'll I'll throw you my one guy that I, I think it's not probably the the flashiest call anymore, but I, I will say I like I like Sam down there, Sam Query down there. He's in the section with Hachinov and Demonor. And I, Sam's, I don't know, Sam. Sam's proven that he can that he can make deep runs in majors. I mean, he's made the Wimbledon semi. He's made 
couple other good runs at Wimbledon and the, and the Open. So, I mean, he has proven that he's done it before. It's funny you said that. So he's on line 110, Buck, and I got him circled like, ooh, he's unseated. But the last, you know, half a dozen slams, you know, he's he's done nice work and you kind of forget about him. But I, I think that he's somebody like, okay, you, you you want to think that somebody maybe sneaks in a quarters? Could be him. And obviously we, we have the most men in the draw from one country, 21 Americans in it. Uh, so we have the volume, but I'd settle for one in the quarters. Yeah, you know, we'll go. We'll go with the strength in numbers call. <laughs> yes, strength in numbers. Yes. All right. Well, just do you want to make any dark horse predictions for players outside of the top eight? I mean, I, I you know, especially for the women, I feel like you you think it could be any number, so it's hard to maybe make an individual call. But I, I guess we you know dark horse bet, picks if, if we betting, want to get to that. If you're a betting man or a betting woman, take the field on the women's. You know, if there's like fifty people listed, you know you. Take the field uh, and and throw some darts on some players ranked outside the top 50 because I, I really believe that there's just going to be openings in the draw. And from what I'm seeing, especially from the top two seeds on the women's, they didn't look anything like they were ready to step up. You know, maybe they'll turn it around this week. But I do think that there's going to be uh, – a lot of opportunity. I think I'm going to be rooting for Osaka from just from what she did and what I saw, how she's playing. I, I, I'm going to put her as the favorite. And I, I mean, a dark horse, you know, normally I'm just, you know, boom, I'm all over it. But it's like, there's so many. I've got, you know, so many that, that I, I could see make a run. I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, you don't have to make an, uh, you know, a call. It's, you can't, you could go with the field. It's up to you. I, I, I like the field call and I'll throw the one Maria Zachary out. She did. She, she's looked good. And I mean, she's seated 15. So that wouldn't even be a huge shocker at this point um, with the competitiveness of, of the women's field. But I think she's a name to look out for. And on the men's side, uh, I mean, somebody that I think potentially could make the finals on the bottom half of the draw is Raonic. And, but he has that stumbling point potentially against Robbie Bat's third round. But that's a match like I'm looking at my draw. I'm thinking he gets through that. I think he could make the final. And so he's somebody at 25 seed that like, he, he could, you know, take advantage. He's somebody that's played well in majors in the past, and you don't have the big three on the bottom to worry about. But I, I do think that somebody unseated will make a deep run. And obviously, with no crowd, you know, you're going to have, you know, players come on Ash and Armstrong where maybe they get a little bit tight or they're, they're, people are rooting against them. They won't have that. So I do think. That, that that is an element, and I like to call the bomb servers. I call them the coolers because they kind of, you know, you know, they do something to the crowd, and it, it's hard for them to get behind them. I think that it, this is a great opportunity for the big servers to to do some damage here on these quicker outside courts and not have like people rooting against them. Yeah, you know, 
I should have brought this up earlier, but I think it is obviously a huge factor. The no, the no fans in attendance, and I just do you think that's going to be you know more of an equalizer? How, how do you think that's going to you know affect the results? That this whole unique bubble atmosphere. I do think it will be a, a, an equalizer. I, um, one thing that's going to be very cool on Arthur Ashe, they're setting up giant screens and player boxes that outside of the, the, the few people that they have in this, in their team that, you know, each player is allowed three people, but they're going to have like zoom of like their family watching it from home, rooting from home and, and maybe zoom rooting sections, which are going to be pretty cool. But I do think, uh, Buck, it, they're, they're, they're doing that for sure. You'd, you'd mentioned that. Yes. That's, that'll be pretty funny if they do do that. Yeah, and I do think it's going to be a huge equalizer but between the men's and women's, Joker is by far the most prohibited favorite from what I've seen. And somebody's going to have to do something really special to beat him. So he, he's the one player in the two draws that I see that like, hmm, good luck stopping him. You're you're pushing the chips forward yeah, as push, usual. Yeah. On I mean it's it's hard not to. I I'm pushing the chips forward on Joker. I'll push the chips forward on the on the women's field. Uh, you know. Yeah. You know you know who's a one women's player we didn't even mention because she didn't play this week, but she just made an Aussie Open final. Is is Muguruza? So you know she's in there as well. I think is the tenth seed. So and, I don't know. And, and, a good call about her, but she's nursing an ankle injury. She's been here the whole time and had to pull out of Cincy with an ankle issue. So that's something you know you know to keep an eye on. But she, yeah, it depends on how she recovers. And, and yeah. the quicker courts are somebody that definitely could help her. No, I think I think that'll pretty much do it. Any other any other closing thoughts or or, or is that a wrap? You know, I, I'm I just so fired up to be back sitting courtside watching tennis and actually thinking about like, Oh, it's, it's quicker courts this year. How will it, you know, just getting my mindset and I'm sure all the players are thinking the same thing. I'm so grateful that tennis is back. And obviously there's all sorts of issues going on in the world, but for a moment we kind of get to forget about it and focus on some tennis. And it's something that, you know, I've loved my whole life and, Sometimes you take it for granted, and now more than ever, I really wanted to see it. And and props to the USTA for making this happen. And hopefully, we have a great you know 17 days from here. No, well said. Yeah, it's it is a blessing to be able to have it back. And um, I, yeah, I know I know no one's missed it you know as much as you have. So uh, I'm fired up. I'm I'm fired up to be to be back working it. I know you're fired up. So you know, let's uh let's see how how it all unfolds. Okay, bye. All right, Dad. Later.